Hey, wait, before before we get going, I, we have to make it official. Hami Romani, welcome to the Bike Portland podcast. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jonathan. Welcome back to the Bike Portland podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Moz. On this episode, I talked to Hami Romani, who's part of an exciting new crop of community activists pushing to make bicycling better in Portland. Hami, who was born in Tehran, Iran, and moved to Portland about a year ago from San Diego, California, is a volunteer with Bike Loud PDX. He's the founder of the weekly PSU Farmer's Market ride, and for the past few weeks, he's even led a ride to the ODOT Youth Rally at their headquarters downtown. When he's not out on the street, Hami organizes online using his Twitter account at Hami Ramani. That's H-A-M-I-R-A-M-A-N-I. Cool. So I, I said your name okay, Hami Ramani. Perfect. Awesome. And, and you're from Tehran? Originally, yeah, I was born there um, in, in a big city. <laughs> and you moved, uh, you moved around quite a bit, right, before you landed in Portland? That's right. Yeah, yeah. I um, um, born in Iran. I grew up in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania as well. Um, kind of my formative teenage years in Pittsburgh. Um, several different spots there and I was involved in some activism there mostly anti-war stuff um and then uh moved to northern California um I went to college there and medical school where I met my wife and then uh Albany New York where we did our residencies and then um and then southern California uh, San Diego and now finally Portland I feel like it wasn't that long ago when you were like, I don't know if it was on Twitter or somehow you were messaging like, Hey, I'm from San Diego. Like what? I'm new to Portland. What's going on there? How do I, how do I get involved? And then here you are like leading rides. You know, the other day I was, I was on a ride and, and I was like, okay, here's Tommy explaining Portland bike infrastructure to this group. <laughs> this is, this is pretty wild. Like, is that, is that accurate? Is that kind of how it happened? Like you just moved here and started doing stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty accurate. I mean, I, you know, the, the background is really that, you know, my wife and I, we were in San Diego, we were there for six years total. Um, and we were always, you know, into the biking thing. And anyway, yeah, we, uh, we took a trip to Copenhagen 2019, um, summer of 2019. And that kind of really sparked our interest in getting to a place where we can be a part of a larger bike scene, bike place, bike culture, um, short of moving to, you know, Copenhagen or the Netherlands or something. Um, yeah. And so we landed on Portland, um, for a couple of different reasons. And in the run up to our move, I, you know, I was researching heavily and of course I found bike Portland, um, which I frankly initially thought, well, uh, this is the advocacy group, you know? Um, oh, right. That's a mistake. A lot, a lot of people make, so don't feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. No. And then I, I think I just kind of kept searching and, and then I ran into bike loud, um, online. And, uh, so they, then I realized, Oh, bike loud is the kind of the advocacy group, grassroots advocacy group. And so you came here with like an eye toward doing bike advocacy intentionally or like, I mean, um, can you like tell people kind of like what is the Hami style? Like, it's not like you you don't work for the bike advocacy group. You know, you you sort of a, a volunteer with Bike Loud. They're they're still really small. They don't necessarily have membership yet. I mean, you're just sort of like this 
you're using you use Twitter really well and you're just good at connecting with people. But like you tell me, like what is what is like the Hami style of of bike advocacy? <laughs> uh, that, I like that question. Thank you. Um, yeah, um, you know, I've always kind of been someone who is, uh, I, I hate to say lone wolf or go it alone. It not, it's not like that at all. Um, I, I just kind of want to make, I want to make people aware of what's going on around, um, especially when it comes to safe streets and bike infrastructure, pedestrian infrastructure. Um, to, to be honest with you though, when, when, <laughs> This kind of makes me laugh. When we were thinking of moving to Portland, I was like, "Wow, you know, I'm gonna gonna come here, and we won't have to be such advocates because." Uh, <laughs> I'm um, you. Okay. Yeah, it was it, because you know, frankly, San Diego wore me out a little bit because um, uh, I, I, you know, we were advocating and we were talking to our close friends who, you know, we we really like, but they just were not really on, on board. Um, and it's a little hard to kind of yell at the top of the mountain all the time and no one's listening or they say, Oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> so ironically, I thought, okay, we're going to come here and we're just going to be like part of the scene and, and enjoying the life here, you know, part of the bike stuff. And, um, so you were not, you were not impressed um, with Portland. Yeah, or were you, or were were you not, or were you impressed? You know, and what, did it meet your expectations or, or not? I'm curious. Yeah, so you know, we when we visited at first to go interview and stuff, we were really impressed. We we're like, wow, you know, uh, drivers would you know yield and and you know, of course, this was vacation brain, right? <laughs> yes, uh, very different. Very different, um, and. Uh, it was last July, so, you know, COVID time and mm. still COVID time, but different COVID time. Um, in any case, uh, so at that point, we were impressed. And then when we moved here and I learned a lot more and, you know, read a lot of stuff that you've written and talked to a lot of different people, definitely the, the conception, the, uh, the thinking about it changed a bit. Um, and I went to this this place where I realized, oh boy, uh, not only is it not what I thought it was going to be, it needs a lot of work. Now, there's a lot to that. There's nuance to that. And I don't want it to sound negative in any way um, because I think Portland is still probably the best place in the country to bike overall um, um, and definitely the best place I've lived in for biking. Um, and you say that, I mean, again, cause there's, there's infrastructural, uh, considerations, uh, there's political considerations, there's community considerations. I think the first two of those three, you've been involved in a lot, you know, even leading rides and, and building really actually building community, uh, just so people know Hami's come in and not only he just, you just led this, uh, ODOT, you just led this ride down to the ODOT youth rally today downtown, but you also have started this, uh, uh, farmer PSU farmers market ride, which has been happening every Saturday now for for several weeks, and looks to be a really nice, healthy ride. That's got you know it's not no longer fledgling. You're getting people showing up every Saturday, and it looks it looks really great, right? So uh, you know there's different aspects to you know what you're seeing here, and I think it sounds like you're saying you're 
maybe impressed with uh, the community part, but you think there's a lot more work that, that Portland needs to do on the infrastructure side? I, I think that's spot on, Jonathan. I mean, uh, the community, I, I actually, it sends chills down my spine how amazing the people of the city are when it comes to building community, but also participating in community. I mean, I think, I think the nuance of it is that um, when we were living in San Diego, again, not to, I'm not trying to talk badly about anyone, but the, the, the imperative wasn't there to, to be in community with each other and continue to build it together. Um, And here, I mean, I put out the call um, and that's really all I'm doing is putting out the call and people are coming with their kids, with their bubble machines, with their, you know, whatever their speakers or, you know, and, and that really, I think the, is the essential part of community that people are uh, participatory. And Hmm. why why do you think that is maybe hmm. different in Portland than it was say uh, in San Diego? Well, I, I think, I think frankly, there's just a lot of people who think this way. Um, who, who, um, maybe they, they're, they're not the type who puts a ride on the calendar, on the pedal Palooza calendar, or they're not the, the person who's going to send something on Twitter saying, Hey, let's go to the farmer's market, um, every week. Um, but they are the type who will say, wow, that's awesome. That sounds cool. I'm going to go and I'm going to bring someone else, or I'm going to bring my, you know, certain type of enthusiasm, whatever that is. Um, and I think that is as important as the person who puts out the call um, because they, they're complimentary, you know? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I always, um, I always tell people as the doc, as a documenter and uh, you know, someone reporting on this community, uh, everybody says, Oh, thanks for writing a story. Thanks for covering it. And my reply is always, well, thanks for doing interesting stuff because that's, (laughs) that's, I'm just the one who like, you know, puts it on the internet sometimes, but you've got to do really cool stuff to make it interesting. So it it strikes me that you're, you're kind of saying the same thing about, you know, uh, seeing it as, and and I see it as a, as a level playing field. I think that's, you know, the difference between, let's say the way I I think about media and some more, let's say old school media outlets where there's this like, you know, I'm in the Oregonian, you know, editorial board and I'm way up here. And then all the peasants are out there beyond the castle walls. Right. Mm. I I see it like it's, I'm just like exactly the same. It's like an equal playing field. Everybody is totally equal. It just, some of us, you know, have channels to broadcast stuff and and some of us don't necessarily, but it takes everybody in order to, I think, build community. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's, uh, I think that's exactly, exactly it. Um, and and just uh, taking taking community out of any kind of transactional nature, you know that this this is really just the embodiment of grassroots, um, you know. And so um, I I don't know I, I I I don't feel like I'm doing a whole lot except you know just putting my skills out there, which I think probably are you know connecting folks and. Um, just being a, a bit of a voice. Um, a bit of a voice. <laughs> okay, let's let's dig into that a little bit. So, you know, it's funny because I was, I, was I was on a ride with you a few days ago and I was just kind of lurking at the back, kind of just watching, you know, what you were doing. And like, I was laughing to myself because you get mad at stuff that I get mad at, you know, and I was <laughs> like, it, it kind of felt good that, you know, I'm not like 
that there's like more cranks and people that are just like get really annoyed by seemingly small things. Like I was watching you at an intersection and like the first driver that came by didn't stop and you like gesticulated with your arms in frustration. <laughs> and it's like, I, I'll do that. But like over the years, I've kind of caught myself and I've like stopped doing that because I feel like I just seem like a, a crazy person or something, you know, and it's like, yeah. okay, it's too much. I got to relax and it's at the big city. But there you are. You're still like upset that someone didn't stop for you at a crosswalk you know at a crossing which which i actually love because i i'm i'm kind of the same way but it's like i don't know if you just have a voice but you have this like you have this like real it seems to me like you have this real passion and fueled by um you know uh, i would you know there is some anger there i think a lot of the stuff that that we deal with is like you know it's so safety related and it is in a lot of way you know we're talking about climate change and crises and all these things so i think there is some i mean i do sense some anger that's mm-hmm. sort of fueling you but like where does your voice come from? I mean, you, I sort of read your bio a little bit. I think you're you're involved with like the medical world, right? It's not like you, uh, you know, were born and raised as an activist, and that's not where you come from, or it didn't seem like you came from the nonprofit world. But like, where do you get your voice and your your uh, your anger around this uh, stuff to really be able to push it forward? I think a lot of it now. I well, let, let's say this: uh, it's a it's always about self discovery, you know. Um, so what I'm realizing is how important it is for me for people to be anyone to be able to walk our streets or bike our streets or take transit through our streets and feel safe. Um, and so I, I especially uh, when I gesticulate or when I'm you know again I get angry and I, I yes I need to you know be mindful of all that as well. Uh, I think it's that's a very important. Uh, thing to be mindful of anyway uh, i think that it, what fuels me is not necessarily just my own safety it's really thinking how is that eight-year-old or 10-year-old or my brother is 16 years old of almost six, 17 um how, how are they going to live on in our streets in these sacred shared spaces um and uh you know how can we get more folks out there um and the way i see it right now is if people keep driving the way they 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 are if if we keep designing streets uh as they are we're not going to be able to attract folks um and we're gonna potentially find our loved ones uh, um harmed and that makes me really sad, um, to be honest with you. And, and you know, oftentimes for me, anger is, is an expression of, of my anxiety. And so that's really, that's really probably where, where it all comes from. But really, it's about love. <laughs> you know, it's about the, you know, loving our neighbors and wanting, wanting our neighbors and our families and friends to be safe and, and healthy. Uh, yeah, and I saw not only your brother on the ride, I think it was Saturday, but your mom too, right? That that really shifts your perspective when you get your mom out there on a bike. Absolutely. Um, and they just moved to Portland um, from, you know, Fresno, California, which is... <laughs> That's right. She did mention that. So that adds another another layer on for you, Hami, is the, the sort of uh, the, the person to protect them and go out there and, and make the streets safer. That, that, that definitely adds an element onto your shoulders yeah yeah i mean it's it's certainly something i think about a lot and um you know the other layers of course you know climate catastrophe issue that we're dealing with on a daily basis 
um, you know, how can we uh, expect people to leave their cars behind um, if uh, and and in in that in turn um, uh, prevent the worsening of the climate catastrophe if we don't improve our streets? Okay. Yeah. So what about like, let's get more specific here. Is there, you've been on the streets in Portland, you've sort of, you've been plugging in long enough uh, where I think, you know, you probably have some ideas of some specific things that maybe we're not uh, up to our potential in. Uh, it, it, you tell me, is there something you're seeing uh, in, in on Portland streets or that the city of Portland or the county or the state is doing locally here that, that you think we should really be focusing on to change, to make better? Uh, you know, we got to make our neighborhood streets truly neighborhood streets, you know, um, prevent through traffic. And you I mean, mean, when you say neighborhood, you're talking like, you know, Bike Boulevard, neighborhood greenways, specifically residential streets, right? Yeah, yeah residential streets. Um, so we can start with our greenways, but I think we need to we need to expand that to to really all residential streets. I'm sitting here um, looking at our own residential street, which is not even a through street, but we have through traffic because people just want to, they have this kind of inclination to just cut through wherever they can to save literally five seconds. Um, and uh, in that, and you know, they, they endanger people's lives because invariably they drive too fast. So, so I think that is, is a huge thing. Um, recategorizing our streets uh, and protecting um, protecting people on those streets. Yeah, uh, and you've actually put some action where your mouth is here, right? Because you've been working with uh, a few other folks, a few other volunteers from Bike Loud. Have you been part of that? Uh, we did a story on Bike Portland recently about it where you're doing some different kind of markings on on some of the neighborhood greenway routes to show that, uh, show that they're coming up so that drivers know that there's a, a greenway crossing in front of them and also to help with signage. You're, you've been a part of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nick Cota and um, Paul Buchanan and I, um, uh, which you wrote about, um, we went up to North Portland and on a three mile stretch of our greenway there, um, we did these uh, markings, uh, like you said, to indicate um, to people who are pulling up toward the greenway that look you're going to be and you're about to cross or enter a greenway so be mindful that there are going to be people who are not in a car um, and they have priority in that in that space um it's a very small gesture but pro probably meaningful because every intersection got that treatment um so we're hoping that that spurs our city and the people who live in that neighborhood to think uh, very consciously about their decisions. It was kind of interesting, actually. One of the, uh, by the way, basically every person we ran into who lives in that neighborhood was walking their dogs or walking, the, you know, walking themselves um, was 100% supportive. Um, and we probably, over the course of the six weeks we did the project, um, I think we ran into 20 people, 25 people. Um, but one, one instance really comes to mind and it was this person who admitted, very interesting, he admitted that um, he is one of those people who drives too fast. And what this project made him do is rethink what he was 
how he was driving and who he was affecting. Um, and I really think that's a special moment, you know, because that person has their own sphere of influence. Uh, and I really believe in this concept uh, of the individual affecting other individuals in their in their sphere and and that kind of multiplying over time. So, so I I I, I've, uh, I, I think that kind of tactical urbanism, that kind of um, activism, is really effective. Yeah, I love I love what you said there because I think you, you, I, I share a similar sort of outlook where uh, things can start small. You, you can influence a person here, a person there. But if you do that over time, reliably, consistently, you know, in the right way, it can actually, you know, especially if you're constrained to say one geographic area, one city where you want to make change, you can actually get to a lot of people eventually. So like you're saying, you know, you start a bike ride, a few people showed up to the first weekend of, let's say, the farmer's market ride. And now it looks like, you know, dozen and a half or so people, uh, you put some markings out, some one person sees them, they tell their friends, a couple other people see them, it can start to build, right? Absolutely. You know, and of course, you know, you, for folks that don't know, uh, Hami has a great Twitter account. Is it, <laughs> is it, is it, uh, Hami Romani altogether? That's it. Yeah. Okay. So go check him out. I just saw some great photos of the ODOT youth rally that you put up. So that, on that, uh, not that channel as well, you're also reaching a person here, reaching a person there. You don't have 500,000 followers yet, but if you're <laughs> reaching people, I certainly like following it to see what you're up to. But on that note of Twitter, I have to ask you something. What the heck happened several <laughs> weeks ago with that post you did with a huge truck? I think you were in or southeast or something or northwest. You posted a picture of one of those, just a massive, massive truck. It wasn't even like a standard pickup. This was like a I don't even know what some big kind of utility with the the grill was over. I think Julie Garner's head, right? Uh, you posted that, and it, it it went viral like in the wrong way. I think where you got, I think at last look, I think you got six thousand replies, and I, I have one of a, a bad feeling about um, what most of them consisted of because I've, I've sort of been in that world before, but nothing like what you experienced. So what happened with that post? That was a, that was a trip. So so we ended up. Um... We were in North Portland. We were right at Mississippi and failing, I think. Um, and we happened upon this, I don't even, a tank. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know even the word. It's, did it have four <laughs> wheels and on one axle? I mean, yeah, this thing was big. I, I mean, it was matte black. It was very scary looking. It was parked right at a stop sign. Ooh, major pet peeve, right? Like that's oh. another one of the things that drives you crazy, I bet. Right up oh. at the stop so you can't see when you try to cross. Oof. Totally blind. And um, so, you know, of course, we all gasped. <laughs> We're like, what is going on? So we had to take photos. Julie Garner, who has a, has a good Twitter account too, um, she is about 5'4", I think. Uh, five foot four inches. And um, so she stood in front of it and we took a few pictures and, of course... And I, you know, after the Saturday market ride, I always do a little story on Twitter. Um, and th this was part of the story, obviously. And um, initially, it, it got a lot of play amongst people, like-minded people. Um, and then, I don't know how this happens. I don't, you know, someone I'm sure does. All of a sudden, all these people or bots or whatever it was started commenting negatively, like, you know, saying all kinds of mean things. Um, 
frankly, it was mostly humorous and, I, you know, it didn't really, it, thankfully it didn't get to the point where people were like, I'm going to come to your house and kill you. Um, but, uh, it, it got really kind of vicious and, uh, yeah, uh, thousands and thousands of comments and retweets. And so I had to put my account on private for a week or so. So it calmed down. It was like a, it was like a virus. <laughs> That is why, I mean, just because you were upset that there was a truck. And I read some of the reply. Well, again, folks, not just a truck, a massive, massive truck, which, by the way, this isn't like some some pet sort of Portland bubble thing. There's like actual national policy. There's definitely some policy. I think a legislator in New York has put, put a bill forward about uh, truck design. This is something that's been studied. These larger trucks are having a huge disproportionate impact on the rise in fatalities of people walking and biking on the street. So it, and actually drivers, because the grills are so high, they, the, the impacts are so much worse. So this is actually a known huge issue. Yet when you posted it, I mean, it became, I, I read some of the replies and it was this, this, this standard drivel about, you know, you must be some <laughs> snowflake or what gives you the right to tell people what to do. Oh, that was so, that was so ugly. But so you, any takeaway, I mean, besides locking your account, any, any takeaway, are you going to steer clear of that topic now? Or like, oh, hell no. what'd you learn from that, Ami? Oh, no, I, I, uh, what I learned is that we live in, uh, you know, I didn't learn this. It was just reinforced that we live in basically two different countries. Um, you know, there are people who in this country believe that the, the so-called freedom, liberty stuff is really just a matter of, I can do whatever I want, whenever I want it, however I want. And that basically includes killing people if it, if it comes down to it. Because mm. like you said, these trucks are involved in, you know, um, killing people. Uh, and the trucks aren't doing the killing, the drivers are. Um, but you know what? What also happened is it actually got international play. Um, there was, if you look at some of the comments, there are there was like a German contingent who was <laughs> who was looking at this like what I I did the you know um, Twitter translate thing and they were all you know like what is this what and and then uh, recently the Bruntlets uh, Melissa and Chris Bruntlet. Um, uh, of cycling embassy and modacity uh, or moto city. I don't know how to and say authors of, of some great new books. Yeah. Including curbing traffic, which I'm reading. Awesome. Awesome book. Um, they used it in one of their uh, workshops. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> the image. Well, not, not that that's going to change any of those, the, the hater, the truck hater rabbit hole people's minds, but no. at least it's a, it's, it is validating. This isn't, this isn't just a homie thing. This is a major, this is a major thing. Okay. Yeah. Moving on from, from Twitter truck stuff, which was fascinating. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to share the, I'm going to share the, uh, the link to that in the show notes, just so folks know what we're talking about. Absolutely. Okay. We're, let's, let's get wrapping things up here. Uh, let's do something a little different. Can you share your, the best and worst thing about biking in Portland? So uh, quickly here, the best thing about biking in Portland. Best thing about biking to Portland, in my opinion, is I, I can now, I live in, you know, uh, Southeast and, uh, near Hawthorne. And, uh, yes, I, there, there are inequities in, in built into Portland's biking infrastructure, but I can get uh, pretty much anywhere in Portland, uh, on my bike and without too much fear. And I'm a pretty experienced bike rider, but that's the best. That's a really the best thing. I, we do have a car, 
one car and I've driven it in about 10 months. I've driven it like five times. Wow. Uh, so I'm so glad that it, at least on that measure, Portland has definitely delivered for you. That, that gives me a lot of hope. Okay. Yeah. Worst thing. Worst thing, intersections. Um, mm. uh, I, I think intersections create gaps. They create places where people uh, fear for their lives sometimes. And, uh, and they keep some people um, from riding and even maybe walking. Um, so if we were to fix anything, I think the interse- intersections would be at the kind of top of, the, of my list or at near the top. I definitely agree. Those are difficult to do. And like, you know, like you said earlier, you're not a planner. And guess what? I'm not a planner either. But you and I are both at least working and trying to get, get people, you know, interested and inspired to like make make the change, amplify some solutions. So I, I really love what you're doing out there, Hami. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm frankly honored to to be on here. And thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks, of course, to all the great subscribers and supporters that make Bike Portland possible. Uh, if you like the episode, please leave us a review. And remember to subscribe at, uh, you can find us now, I think, on Apple, on Google Podcasts, and pretty much wherever great podcasts are sold. So until next time, I'll see you out on the streets. <laughs>